Hi guys, in this video, I'm going to be sharing with you 10 things that you absolutely essentially must know in this property market right now in 2021 to make the most of the current property market, to make the most of the capital growth, the positive cash flow, the passive income opportunities available for you. All right, 10 things that you will fail if you don't know about. I promise you it will be worth your time. Do you want to achieve wealth and passive income through property investing? PK Gupta, host of Oz Property Investment Mastery, will help you achieve passive income by buying top 5% growth and positive cash flow property and building a portfolio using data without you wasting months of time doing research, spending weekends at inspections, or dropping ten dollars to $20,000 on buyer's agents each time. So if you are confused and overwhelmed by the amount of contradictory information available online and don't know where to start, then this show is for you. All right, guys, so let's get into it. I've made some notes like usual, so I'm going to look at my screen a little bit. But here are the 10 things that you should really know and master if you're going to make a crap load of money this year and next in property. All right, so let's get into it. The first thing I want to share with you, and I've just, like, I've literally just done a couple of videos on this, so I won't harp on about it. But here's the thing. We're not in a bubble, we're in a price boom, a price boom that will last, that will not pop. This video is public, you can hold me accountable. The reason I'm saying it is by looking at data. And I've done videos on that where I go into a deep dive of the data. <clears throat> Obviously I'm self-interested here, right? I'm in the property industry, but here's the thing. Here's another data point for you non-believers. <laughs> um, love you guys, by the way. Um, after the Spanish flu, right? The Spanish flu was basically the biggest plague or pandemic before COVID-19. Here's the housing price statistics on the areas that Spanish flu affected. During the Spanish flu, prices in and around the geographies, the countries, the nations in which Spanish flu affected, house prices on average in that same year, <clears throat> they grew by 4%. Okay, I'm looking at my screen. After year one, so the year after Spanish flu, house prices that uh, were in the areas around Spanish flu affected geographies grew by 20%. And in the next year, so two years after the Spanish flu, house prices increased once again between 5 and 10%. So what am I saying? I know a lot of you guys, bank economists, experts, Everyone thought that house prices would come crashing down. If you watch my videos from last year, if you watched the content that I put out in my private Facebook group, you know that I was one of the only people that were massively bullish on property. And you could say, well, that's because you're selling something to me, PK. Well, that's kind of part of it. But the data said so, right? And so already the year of COVID-19, 2020, basically, house prices grew across Australia by about, you know, let's call it 5%, just to give a round number. In year 2021, they are growing by well over 20%. They've already done that, in fact. And the next year, the Spanish flu suggests that they will still grow. So here's the point. Previous global recessions, previous pandemics, previous economic shocks always rise to increase property prices. The stimulus that the government puts out always overrides all other factors. I'm not trying to convince you of something, but that's the first thing you need to know to get off the sidelines and actually invest in property, right? There's no one property market. There are 15,000 suburbs. Even if you don't believe what I'm saying, there's always a good time to invest, provided you know where to invest. Every location 
um, is in a different part of the cycle. Okay, so this is the next thing you need to know about property, about investing, so you can capitalize on this moment right now. <clears throat> the next thing, fact number two, is Australia's total supply of properties right now listed for sale is at an all-time low. Like, a, it's at a 23-year low, right? A 23-year low. Um, so what I'm saying right now is that it's incredibly hard to buy property. So how can you use this to make the most of property investing and capital growth right now? It's to say that supply is very low. Supply is hugely low. So even demand wasn't strong, properties prices would still be going up. That's the second thing you need to know. The third thing that you need to know is that most investors completely overlook some of the best property markets. Everyone is talking Sydney, Melbourne, a lot of you guys are talking about Brisbane, all these things. Here's the deal. If you put your mind back to five years from now and think about where the majority of people would have invested, you would have maybe thought Sydney, Melbourne, places like this. Here's the reality. I'm looking at my stats. Hobart grew by 55% in the last five years, 55% plus. Canberra grew by more than 30% in the last five years. Those were the best capital cities. Sydney only grew by 13% in the last five years, or just over 13%. Brisbane, just over 14%, right? So these were very underwhelming areas if we go from 2000 and let's say 15, 16 to 20 at the start of 21 right? You need to be careful where you invest. There is a long list of regional areas that performed much, 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 much better than Sydney and Brisbane, right? So basically, if you had invested in Ballarat and Bega and Barrie, Burnie, Byron, Coffs Harbour, Geelong, Kempsey, Launceston, Mildura, Newcastle, Noosa, Orange, Seymour, you would have made so much more capital growth from a percentage perspective had you invested in Brisbane. Think about that. Think about the number of buyers agents that are invested in Brisbane over the last five years for their clients. Just make that connection, guys. If they really knew what was going on, why had they left so much money on the table? Brisbane grew 17% in the last five years. All these other areas, and I'm not a fan, like I'm not a artificial or you know, like blind fan of regional areas. But here are the facts. All these regional areas that I mentioned, like Orange has almost doubled in price, grew so much more than Brizzy, right? Um, so that's a, that's a third thing you need to know to really make the most of the current property market. Don't be myopic in your thinking. The fourth thing that you need to know is that over the last 12 months, the eight combined capital cities have had an increase in job vacancies of just 2%. Right, so job vacancies is obviously a demand metric. That means more and more jobs being created. That's increased in capital cities by only 2%. Whereas if you take all the regional areas combined, and once again, I'm not trying to big up regional, I'm just giving you stats so you can make the most informed decision. All the regional areas combined, like even the super dodgy small ones, right, have had an increase in job vacancies of 65%. Like just let that hit home. 2% in capital cities, 65% in regional areas and that includes all the like small town ones that are going backwards and all that kind of thing so like once again you do what you want with that information but that really helps to dispel the myth of where people think that capital cities are the only job creation drivers all right the fifth thing you need to know is sydney's population from internal migration actually dropped right it dropped by a 150,000 people over the five years ending basically end of 2020 so because of internal migration, Sydney's property, uh, Sydney's population actually dropped. 
Okay, and then people always think that property, um, like people move into Sydney, and we're talking net migration here, right? It dropped. Okay, like 150,000 people, that's like the equivalent of like Darwin or Cairns. All right, number six thing that you need to know. The sixth thing that you need to know was that even though the COVID-19 crisis was going on last year, everyone thought that property prices were going to go down. There was double-digit growth in the 2020 calendar year in places like Ballina, Bendigo, Bowral, Burnie, Devonport, East Gypsyland, Forbes, Grafton, Caratha, uh, Kinnerton, Launceston, Lismore, Moranbah, Noosa, Parks, Port Hedland, Swan, excuse me, Swan Hill, Warrnambool. So once again, right, so if you're sort of, you were thinking, like, and just be honest, were you one of those people that were thinking in March of 2020 or April or June or July when banks were predicting a 30% crash, when your family and friends were, you know, saying you should never invest in property, when your wife or husband was getting a bit jittery, even about your existing portfolio, potentially, like, here are the statistics, all of these areas, and these aren't like secret areas, like there was literally thousands of, inv of investors investing in these areas, we certainly were, produced double-digit growth in 2020. Okay, that's what is possible by using data. Okay, number seven thing that you need to know, that in 2020, almost in the full part of 2020, Melbourne lost almost 20,000 people net to internal migration. All right, so once again, if you're in Melbourne, if you're watching this video and you're like, why on earth should I buy in a regional area? Melbourne is always rated the number one city in the world to live. Property prices are always going to go up, blah, 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 blah. That is true. You're right. In the long term, everywhere produces basically about a 6% growth rate over a 20, 30-year period. But money is there to be made in the short term so that you can take that equity out and buy again and again and again. That's how compounding works. We want most of the gains to come upstream quickly. That's how mathematics works. Then future gains will compound on a higher base. Melbourne is not necessarily the best place to achieve that kind of result right now for that reason. Number eight. All right. So this is a really interesting statistic. Statistic when I read it, it kind of blew my mind. So hopefully it kind of like the reason I'm sharing with you, you guys, all this is that you can kind of shake yourself up. You can kind of think about your mind as a jar and you've listened to podcasts and you've listened to YouTube, me and others, and you've listened to Facebook forums and property chat and books that are 15 years old that are irrelevant now, you know, zero to 150 properties, all that kind of stuff. I want you to put all of that information in the jar and these statistics will help you shake that jar up, right? Really, really kind of shake your understanding, your perception, your view of property investing. Get this, 60% of Australia's population reside in the 200 regional areas, right? 60%. So most people in Australia don't live in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane. They live in regional areas, okay? And get this, of the 71,000 dwellings advertised for rent in Australia, right, this year, like let's say at the end of January, February, or March, just pick a random month, it doesn't move along around too much, Seven, let's call it 70,000 for round numbers, of the 70,000 dwellings listed for rent early this year, only 30% of these are in, are in the regional locations, okay, so I'll, I'm going to repeat that so you can connect to that point, of the 70,000 dwellings listed for rent, less than half are in regional Australia, Whereas the majority of the population is in regional Australia. Okay, so connect those two dots. So what that means 
is that the majority of people live in live in regional Australia, but there are hardly any properties listed for rent in regional Australia. Let me break it down for you. In other words, we're right, 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 right at the start of Australia's biggest ever rental boom in regional Australia. Think about that if you're chasing positive cash flow, passive income. All right, number nine. Okay, let's do this. Number nine. Australia's total volume of residential real estate buyers increased 10% or more compared to a few years ago. So interest, this is demand, volume of resi real estate buyers, so people wanting to buy property. These increased 10% or more in areas like Ali Beach, Albany, Albury, Armidale, Ballina, Bow Desert, Bundaberg, Bustleton, Esperance, Gatton, Geraldton, Gympie, Mackay, Mount Isa, Mount Gambier, Yapoon, Townsville, Tamworth, Shepparton, Victor Harbour, Rockhampton. Now, I'm not saying that you should just take this video and say, PK said the statistic, you should go invest in Tamworth, for example. In fact, I, I wouldn't invest in Tamworth. And if you've hired a buyer's agent that's doing that, um, good luck. Um, but the fact is, and that the point that I'm trying to make is that all of these regional areas are increasing so, so, so much in demand. Once again, I don't want to come across that capital cities suck. In fact, we've invested in what my clients rather in Melbourne, in Sydney, in Brisbane as well this year for very specific strategies. But we've also invested in regional. Don't ignore regional. Hopefully this is kind of landing with you guys, right? Here's the 10th thing you, you should know. Hobart has a population of about 250,000 people. And of those 250,000 people, only 175 of them are able to find properties for rent. In other words, there are only 175 properties available for rent in Hobart right now. Of all of Hobart, which is a quarter of a million people, there's only 175 properties available for rent. What that means is a rental boom. Supply, demand, demand, even if it's not high, it's just stable. Supply is at record lows. Do what you want with that information. All right, and number 11, and I've talked about this so, so, so much. I'm just going to keep harping on about it, harping on about it, harping on about it until you guys can really try to see of the 25 million property experts in Australia who is trying to scam you. Okay, here's a statistic that will blow your mind, that will completely shatter your hopes and dreams. Not really. Um, but here it is. Only 4.5% of Australians catch a train to work. What does that mean? Only 4.5% of Australians catch a train to work. So if you're thinking that being close to a train line is one of the most important factors when selecting a suburb, when selecting within a suburb where you should buy the right street, the right dwelling, if you're thinking that in your checklist, I mean, once again, you can't have a 10-point or 20-point checklist when it comes to investing in the right suburb or selecting the right suburb. You need to look at trends, you need to look at thresholds, you need to look at coefficients, weightings, etc. It's not a tick um, and flick exercise. But even if you did, you know, podcasts and all this stuff, you've compiled a 10-point checklist or a 20-point checklist or a 50-point checklist, being close to a train station should not be in that checklist, okay? Not in the top five, not in the top 15 at all because less than 5% of Australians actually catch a train to work. And that's going to go down even further with the work from home culture. All right, so that was, I think we're up to number 10 or no, number 11. But those are the things that I just want to, you know, I know you guys listen to so much content and you hear me fluff around, you hear me kind of, 
you know, put out garbage as well. But there's so much garbage content out there in property investing because everyone is trying to sell you their buyer's agency service. Everyone is trying to sell you a duplex. Everyone trying to sell you, you know, this instant equity of 200000 if you buy this dual occupancy thing. Everyone is trying to sell you a brand new house and land package, depreciation, low maintenance, they say, high rent, rental guarantees, NDIS, NRAS, blah, 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 blah. I want you to put that all into a jar and just shake that jar about by using statistics, right? These statistics will help you completely reimagine, redesign how your brain thinks about property investing. My name is PK and I wish you all the best in your passive income journeys, not to buy a Ferrari or a mansion, but just so you can spend more time with family and really do the things that you know we all love. Catch you later. Thank mm -hmm. you.